Click now on the link in the description and get this full audiobook for free. On the wall, we're burning blue. Graham, Jake, and Shep nodded to themselves. The three friends had grown up together, listening to Cobb's stories and ignoring his advice. Cobb peered closely at the newer, more attentive member of his small audience, the Smith's Apprentice. You know what that meant, boy? Everyone called the Smith's Apprentice boy, despite the fact that he was a hand taller than anyone there. Small towns being what they are, he would most likely remain boy until his beard filled out or he bloodied someone's nose over the matter. The boy gave a slow nod. The Chandrian? That's right, Cobb said approvingly. The Chandrian. Everyone knows that blue fire is one of their signs. Now, he was... But how'd they find him? The boy interrupted. And why didn't they kill him when they had the chance? Hush now. You'll get all the answers before the end, Jake said. Just let him tell it. No need for all that, Jake, Graham said. Boy's just curious. Drink your drink. I drank me drink already, Jake grumbled. I need the other, but the innkeeper's still skinning rats in the back room. He raised his voice and knocked his empty mug hollowly on the top of the mahogany bar. Oi! We're thirsty men in here! The innkeeper appeared with five bowls of stew and two warm, round loaves of bread. He pulled more beer for Jake, Shep, and Old Cobb, moving with an air of bustling efficiency. The story was set aside while the men tended to their dinners. Old Cobb tucked away his bowl of stew with the predatory efficiency of a lifetime bachelor. The others were still blowing steam off their bowls when he finished the last of his loaf and returned to his story. Now, Tabalin needed to escape. But when he looked around, he saw his cell had no door. No windows. All around him was nothing but smooth, hard stone. It was a cell no man had ever escaped. But Tabalin knew the names of all things, and so all things were his to command. He said to the stone, Break! And the stone broke. The wall tore like a piece of paper, and through that hole, Tabalin could see the sky and breathe the sweet spring air. He stepped to the edge, looked down, and without a second thought, he stepped out into the open air. The boy's eyes went wide. He didn't! Cobb nodded seriously. So Tabalin fell, but he did not despair, for he knew the name of the wind, and so the wind obeyed him. He spoke to the wind, and it cradled and caressed him. It bore him to the ground as gently as a puff of thistledown and set him on his feet softly as a mother's kiss. And when he got to the ground and felt his side where they'd stabbed him, he saw that it weren't hardly a scratch. Now maybe it was just a piece of luck. Cobb tapped the side of his nose knowingly. Or maybe it had something to do with the amulet he was wearing under his shirt. What amulet? the boy asked eagerly through a mouthful of stew. Old Cobb leaned back on his stool, glad for the chance to elaborate. A few days earlier, Tabalin had met a tinker on the road. 
and even though Tabalin didn't have much to eat, he shared his dinner with the old man. Right sensible thing to do, Graham said quietly to the boy. Everyone knows. A tinker pays for kindness twice. No, no, Jake grumbled. Get it right. A tinker's advice pays kindness twice. The innkeeper spoke up for the first time that night. Actually, you're missing more than half, he said, standing in the doorway behind the bar. A tinker's debt is always paid, once for any simple trade, twice for freely given aid, thrice for any insult made. The men at the bar seemed almost surprised to see Coat standing there. They'd been coming to the Waystone every felling night for months, and Coat had never interjected anything of his own before. Not that you could expect anything else, really. He'd only been in town for a year or